Welcome to another episode of Spooning with Spoonies. I'm your host and fellow Spoonie, Noah Porton, and I'm just a girl trying to figure out how to date with chronic illness. I started this podcast to ask other single and coupled up Spoonies, as well as relationship experts, about their journeys and feelings navigating dating and relationships with chronic illness and disability. So come on this journey with me as we explore the essence of life. Relationships. Seeking connection is as human as it gets, and we all deserve to feel human. Today's guest is not only an amazing fashion designer, podcaster, motivational speaker, and just an overall great conversationalist and human, but also a fierce champion of chicken wings, especially on first dates. <laughs> Today, I chat with Keisha Graves, the founder of Girls Chronically Rock, an inspired and soon-to-be adaptive fashion line celebrating muscular dystrophy and other chronic illnesses. Keisha, who lives with limb girdle muscular dystrophy, and I chat all about how clothing makes you feel on dates and the independence adaptive clothing can provide, what Girls Chronically Rock stands for and how it's a form of advocacy and experiences on dating apps. So put on your comfiest bloatproof getup and get comfy and let's get spooning. Also, I just want to note that we had a few weird audio issues when recording. I won't complain about technology at the risk of sounding more like a grandma, but I hope you will bear with me through a few echoey audio moments because this is truly such a fun episode. Okay, yesterday I watched your Shake Your Beauty video, which I love that series. That is so cool that you did that. And I saw in there that you had that part about like you were getting chicken wings. And I was like, yes, Keisha, <laughs> chicken wings is now part of your brand, I feel. <laughs> yes, because you remember that I said I'm like obsessed with chicken wings. I'm like, as long as we go out in this chicken wings day, I am good. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Yes, so for the listeners, Keisha and I met on a, a virtual panel that uh, Spooning with Spoonies did with the health advocacy summit and I asked what people's dating hacks were and Keisha said chicken wings and I was like yes <laughs> that's yes, amazing they are the best. <laughs> you know I actually brought chicken wings like in a literal ziploc bag to a date once because Ooh. I think I've told you that like I have super crazy like food limitations so right. we're going to like a place where there wasn't anything I could eat. So I literally brought like a lunchbox and I was like, well, let's have chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a good idea. Hey, I'm, I might even try that next time. <laughs> yes. Yes. That would be like a perfect, like socially distant picnic date. Like yes. whenever <laughs> if things ever calm down. Right. Exactly. Yeah. How's that been for you? Um, like navigating um like relationships and dating and stuff during it's so crazy that it's already been what like eight months nine months but I tell people I'm like my mindset like mentally and physically like I'm still back in March like I'm still pre-pandemic so for us to be all the way in November I'm like whoa because I totally like probably just went out twice during this whole pandemic so it definitely has been tough you know what I mean especially going out meeting people but, you know, it's like I'm staying safe because, you know, I am someone who is considered at high risk. It's like, you know, I'm already taking a risk because I have different PCAs, personal care attendants that come in, you know, every day, you know. So it's like they take an extra steps now. As soon as they come in, wash their hands, they have on their gloves and masks, you know, because I don't want to get sick and I don't want them to get sick. So, yeah, it's been yeah. pretty tough. 
yeah, I I literally feel like it's still summer, <laughs> like yeah. because I, the days have just like blended together. Because like you, I've also been basically in quarantine since like end of March, and I've really just kind of seen my healthcare practitioners um, and my family. So um, I think the hardest part for me has been like um, kind of just seeing other people like go on with their lives while we're still like, Hey, like still here, you know? Um, and I think especially on dating apps where like people just kind of are like have COVID fatigue and are just like, let's meet up. And then they're like, I don't know if you've kind of had any of those kind of, kind of conversations. And they're like, what? Like you haven't seen anyone since March. And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, but it's kind of like, at least I kind of look at it as like, yes, I get what you're saying, but I'm like, I'm being smart and being safe because I kind of feel like until we all kind of have that common sense ground of, you know, collectively coming together and, you know, just like, okay, until we do this right, this pandemic, we can fight this. But until then, it's like, then you probably will never see me on Zoom. You know what I mean? So it's like, you will just be seeing me on Zoom, like not like in person until we get everything together. So yes, I still been on the dating websites chatting, but I definitely let them know heads up. Like I'm not coming outside. Cause if I, I don't even come outside to really see like my own blood family, like, you know, why I'm not going to come out to see a person I met online. We can see on Zoom and then see where it goes from there. <laughs> I totally agree. And I think that what you said about like, this has to be like a community effort. And I think that that's what's been frustrating is that like, we're doing our part, you know. Um, And but I I like that you said that, like, just it's just, you know, you just tell them from like, the get go. And I think it's the same thing. Like, like, I'm always like, yeah, I haven't even seen like my friends or like my extended family in, you know, like eight months, I'm not gonna come out and see you in person. So, um, yeah, exactly. Have you had like, what have been kind of the responses like that you've gotten from that? I mean, I'm sure some of them are just like, really? Wow. I think for some people, it's kind of like a shocker. They're kind of like, oh my God, you haven't come up with this. I try to tell people, I'm like, this is kind of like my norm. I was like kind of prepared for this pandemic. Like I'm okay being at home. So I must say, I guess you can call me like an introvert, but like I'm more at home. I'm okay with being at home, watching Netflix, watching films. So it's not like, some people, yes, I understand that. They're like, oh my God, like I need to see people. I need a social way. I'm like, I'm like, I'm okay. You know, like I'm good. I can, you know, via chat with my doctors, you know, people like us in the disability community, this is what we've been asking for and would like, you know, all this time. It's like to just have these special accommodations. So I kind of find it quite interesting that now during this pandemic, how everything has kind of shifted. And it's like, you see, was that so hard? Like this is something we as a disability community I've been asking for for so long. So it's like, yes, if someone's like, oh my God, you're, you have been inside. And it's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm good. Like I'm chilling. I'm, my life is still going on. Like I'm just trying to make it to the bedroom, to the bathroom without having to fall. That's kind of more my worries. You see where I'm, that's like where my mindset is. So yes, I understand when the time comes, that is when, you know, things we can get back to normal. But until then, this is kind of something I look at. This is something out of our hands, kind of like similar to how, you know, we're dealing with disability and some of us live with chronic illnesses, this is something out of our control. You know, like we can't control it. This is something we got to wake up with every day and kind of go with the flow and go from there. So, you know, I just hope that somebody would respect that and understand. And if they don't, then I kind of think then that person is not the man for me. Yeah, totally. So have you been on any like Zoom dates or virtual dates? You know, I have not. I have not do that, but I kind of want to, like, I'm kind of eager to, but it's like, I haven't really 
talk to somebody that long or interest where I'm like, oh yeah, I want to do a Zoom date with them. So I'm hoping that it does, you know, come up, you know, hopefully in the next few months where there is somebody where we have that great connection. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do a Zoom because I'm open for it because I would definitely, that's going to be the only option for them. So if they're okay with it, because I'm definitely not going outside unless I get a vaccine between now and then, then yeah. But if not, like, no, we're going to be on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. And that's a great way to get to know someone too, um, you know, like just at a slower rate, you know, it could kind of be like a good opportunity. Um, so um, I know that like now you're very open on like dating apps and stuff and you have um, like your picture with your wheelchair and everything, but I know it wasn't always that way. So um, can you kind of talk about your experiences um, on dating apps and that kind of transformation to how you became like really open about it and speaking openly about it to you guys I'm um, sure so yeah at first I totally you know because at first you know I was first diagnosed with muscular dystrophy in my early 20s you know here I was in graduate school you know just living my life so I wasn't even accepting the fact that I even had muscular dystrophy then you know I wasn't even acknowledging even going on job interviews when I started using a cane I would tell them oh I sprained my ankle or was in a car accident. So it's like, I wasn't even acknowledging myself that I had muscular dystrophy. So I definitely didn't feel comfortable of telling someone I first met, oh yeah, I have muscular dystrophy. So, you know, I just kind of would make up, you know, any story. And at that time I kind of, you know, could get away with walking without a cane. So it's like, you know, I would just kind of like, just make up things and just make sure that whatever restaurant or something we chose, A, was, you know, accessible, you know, cause although yes, I didn't use a wheelchair then, like, you know, make sure it still couldn't have stairs because it was still hard for me to step up and, you know, making sure it was like a ramp and I can get into the place and I have like maybe the high, high table. So I always would take the extra precaution to make sure like, yes, let me choose this restaurant or restaurants I was familiar with and knew that a, it was accessible. And of course that they had chicken wings. Of course. And then, yeah. And then I would tell them like, Hey, let's, you know, pick this place. And then, you know, and then they will be down for it. And then we would meet there. So I kind of feel like that was, you know, definitely like just a struggle because I'm like, you know, when do I tell them? But then, you know, it, it definitely took some time because like I said, I wasn't even acknowledging the fact that I had muscular dystrophy myself. So it's like I couldn't even then tell even somebody I work with, an employer at an interview, so someone I'm dating. It definitely took some time. But now, yeah, that's like they they automatic, they know now. So I just say, hey, you know, this is me. I live with um, limb girdle muscular dystrophy. I tell them about my business because it kind of all incorporates together. So, you know, and then we just kind of go from there. Exactly. Yeah. I feel the same way that it's kind of, I like bringing it up as like something that I'm like passionate about. Like when I talk about like the work I do with Chronically Capable or like with my podcast and then it kind of comes up like in a natural way and it's like, I can kind of talk about it a little at first as something that is like a positive experience for me and then go more into it later. But yeah. um, I actually started, I put a picture of like me, uh, like with my podcast stuff on my dating profile, like actually a couple weeks ago. And I've Ooh. had like, I, I've had like a lot of guys who have been like, oh, what's your podcast about? Like as the first question. And I'm like, yes. and I'm like me, like puts a picture of the podcast and is excited also me deletes any guy who asks like what's your podcast about because I'm like no like well I'm gonna say like it's about like chronic illness yeah. and dating like the first thing but um I, I feel like that's kind of like pushed me out of my comfort yeah, zone and I think way. it's awesome that they they even ask too you know so yeah. I think that that's a plus right there you know that's a little a little they get a little a one star 
<laughs> one star review yeah <laughs> what if you could rate your like interactions with guys on dating apps like you did like with uber like with stars <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i know can you imagine do you know i don't know of any websites that that do that but i wouldn't be surprised if there is one because i definitely feel like it probably would be you know what i mean like you can like wow i wonder that would probably i think open a whole new door yeah should we go in on a business together yes i'm like oh my can you imagine (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i just thought of that like yeah we should definitely do some research to see if there's like an app out there like that because i i haven't heard of that interesting Perfect. All right, guys, you heard it here first. Yeah. And I we're starting our own dating app where you can leave reviews for your hinge dates. Yes, exactly. Like, okay, so you know not to waste your time. It's like, oh. But or the good one. Some, yeah, and sometimes I understand some person's ex may be another person's treasure. And I see some people have done that too, like on some talk some shows I've had where they have like I forget what you call it. it's kind of like a mingle where people bring their exes you know and I'm kind of like all right and it seems to have worked for some people so I'm like okay that's true we're being harsh that like everybody is you know just because they're not your cup of tea doesn't mean that they are not somebody that's else's true. That's so true. yeah so like know that you are like very a very proud like disabled black woman I know you have a whole line of clothing on girls chronically rock um you know, for Black Disabled Lives Matter and stuff, which is really awesome. And I I read your blog post um, as well that you wrote right after like George Floyd, I think, and kind of how you were feeling frustrated about not being able to participate in demonstrations and stuff, but how Girls Chronically Rock was kind of a form of advocacy for you. And, um, and, you know, that also that you had experienced discrimination in the past and stuff. And this was like an outlet for you for that. So what has been your experience as a as a as a black disabled woman on you know dating apps and on on dates and stuff um I would say for being a black disabled woman on dating apps I never really felt discrimination you know but it's not to say when I say that it's like it's just because someone may not be saying it to my face doesn't seem mean that they're saying it you know behind my back so I never like say doubt or say like oh yeah I never because it's like I, well, I couldn't say that I couldn't sit here honestly and be and be that honest about that, you know what I mean? Because it's like, I, I don't know, they probably haven't said it to me regarding the dating. So I would say it's just being a a black woman, just even being able-bodied before, you know, I kind of felt like, well, you know, here we are, we have to, you know, be extra powerful, because it's like, our voices are not heard, and all of that. And then as you know, with everything going on now, I mean, we're dealing with this pandemic, Black Lives Matter protest, and George Floyd, it's like, Breonna Taylor, it's like so much, after, it's like, how much can we take? We are exhausted. So I felt like, you know, because I like to express my feelings and my journey through my line, my t-shirt line of Girls Chronically Rock with my different logos and my expressions. So I thought that was very, very important for me to then put out a line that Black Black Lives Matter, but then Black Disabled Lives Matter. Because I'm like, as you know, being someone in the disability slash chronic illness community, we already feel kind of like, kind of like, you know, we're not accepted. We have a target on our back. Like, are our voices getting heard? Are they going to accept us because we have a disability? And that's regarding dating or, you know, even at a job we may apply for. So it's like Black Disabled Lives Matter. Here I am as a Black African-American and I have a disability living with muscular dystrophy. I feel like I got two targets on my back. So I thought that was very important for me to express that Black Disabled Lives Matter. Because here we are in this crazy, crazy world. As I said, this pandemic, um, Black protests, Black Lives Matter, it's a lot. It's like, you know, and it's like we've been dealing with this from forever. You know, it goes on beyond his like history. 
from many years ago. So it's kind of like, I just felt like that was important for me to express on my t-shirt because I felt like that was very powerful. And then I also have um, unapologetically black and disabled. So I thought that was, um, you know, important too, because I always love when, like, I think I got that from Rihanna in one of her songs, Unapologetically. And I'm, I just love Rihanna. So I was like, I like that, you know, because I'm like, unapologetically me and I can, you know, be me, express myself. So I thought that was important too, to put on a t-shirt, Unapologetically black and disabled but yeah everyone seems to love that line when i first put it out and so many supporters not just from you know blacks but then also all races and i thought that was so powerful because it's like that just showed a statement like yes i want to support and i stand behind you black disabled lives matter so you know i i felt good but yes i would say like all 35 years of my life i never really felt like i felt discriminated because of the color of my skin but again that is something where I, that's something like they could have been doing that behind my back. There have been a job, I can't disclose the name now because I have an MCAD case going against them where I felt discriminated due to my disability. You know, so that's a whole different thing right there where I felt I asked for special accommodations where I can work from home, me working as a merchandiser. You know, I'm living with muscular dystrophy, I'm on my feet, I'm getting exhausted. All I asked for special accommodations and they said no and they terminated me. You know, that made me feel horrible. I was like, this is just proven why some of us in the disability community do not express and don't open in the beginning at our job interviews. Like going back to when I used to say, oh, I sprayed my ankle or I was in a car accident instead of just saying I had muscular dystrophy. It's like just from that experience, I'm like, see, this is why I wasn't so open in the beginning. So, you know, it's tough in situations like that. And back to what I said earlier about how I said, you know, with this whole pandemic, look how the world has quickly changed. I mean, less than 24 hours. All jobs, you can work from home. Schools, you can work from home. We can do televisits with our doctors. And it's like, uh, why can't we do this before? Hello. <laughs> yes, totally. And I think uh, why like having a sprained ankle or like I used to say like I had the flu or something instead of saying I was chronically ill, like why that's more acceptable than exactly. saying you have a chronic illness. I don't know. Like, exactly. I, I mean, Because it's like we I think in our heads like saying like, oh, sprained ankle or flu that that can kind of go away. Exactly. That's how I think I was looking at it. Well, I was like, oh, I was in a car accident. Like, you know, because they're like, oh, like, she's going to get better, you know? But right. Saying the muscular, it's like it just sounded, you know, like you said, you can totally relate. I think just saying it, like the real thing out loud for us was just, just didn't seem real. Yeah. And I think what you said about kind of, you know, living in a society where you don't feel accepted and where it's not kind of built for you as well. Um, and I think that that contributes to feeling like, oh, we have to like hide ourselves to make ourselves more acceptable and seem more, you know, capable according to societal standards. And um, though I feel like there is so much intersectionality in the disability community and what you were saying that you had this great response. I think that that's really nice to see that like the disability community is coming together because, you know, we can't just we can't just stand up for one part of the community, you know, like we have to all, all help each other. And that's why I think what you're doing is great. And, and, and advocating for black lives within the disability community is so Ooh, important. Thank as you. Well. So I think also what you were saying is like, I think that there's something really powerful about like, kind of putting it out there on a t-shirt because I'm always looking for like bloat proof attire <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and so I'm like I have been on a mission to find like loungewear that is like cute but comfy like doesn't look like pajamas it feels like pajamas. Yeah. so I'm looking for like graphic tees now but like I have a rule for myself that I don't want to wear a t-shirt if like 
it's like something like a band t-shirt but it's a band that I don't listen to (laughs) but like those shirts are really cute so I I I started looking into like brands and stuff that are like chronic illness brands and and all that and I was like how cool is that that you know especially for people like us you know who have like hid our disabilities for a long time and uh to just like wear it on a shirt and kind of it, it could start a conversation and it, it gives you that outlet to kind of talk about it. Um, is that something that you kind of had in mind when starting the brand or is that something that you feel like when you wear the shirt that has helped you? Um, yeah, it definitely has. Whereas like, you know, some days where like the night before, if I know like, Oh, I'm about to be on like a video or do a something on a podcast where we're on zoom. It's like, I sometimes will tell my PCAs, Oh, like, take off my Black Disabled Lives Matter t-shirts, you know what I mean? Because that just makes me feel good. It makes me feel powerful. And not only that, I'm going to be on video. I want them to see that shirt, you know? So I definitely like, you know, moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, let me wear that shirt. And sometimes I save it for a special moment. And I just love to always advertise it from my website because, you know, it's like we're still dealing with it. Our lives do still matter. And it's like I hope people continue, you know, to not forget about us and, you know, continue with, you know, the same support and everything that's going on now, because it's like I said, this has been going on for years and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. But, you know, I just want everybody to continue to support and let people know that, you know, we're here. We're, we're out here. We're just looking for, for support. Just yeah, equal, yeah. just like everybody else. Yeah. So what role has clothing played in, in your confidence and in your dating life? Um, I would definitely say clothing. I like I said, um, I always um been into fashion. Always knew I wanted to be a fashion, you know, designer, fashion business owner. So I went to school for fashion design and merchandising at Framingham State University. And so I um, you know, knew I always wanted to do that. So I kind of feel like after being diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, you know, of course that took some time because being in denial, I'm just like, oh, what does my future hold? What is going to happen? You know, where are my dreams? What's going to happen to be me being a fashion designer? But I'm a true believer and things happen for a reason. And so, you know, I just kind of felt like all of that came into play where I'm just like, oh, well, now this is my time to, you know, kind of express my fashion, but kind of still inspire and motivate others and kind of share my journey through my line, you know? So it's kind of like I'm I'm getting a double of both, you know, doses of two, like in kind of in a good way, you know, where I'm expressing everything, you know, through my line. And then especially now being a part of the disability community, it's like I opened, my eyes has opened to a whole new range of like about adaptive fashion, where I kind of feel like, you know, me going in school, I was I didn't know anything about adaptive fashion. We didn't learn that. And I also didn't have a disability then or really knew much about it, didn't really have any family or friends around me. So I'm kind of glad to know that I have that whole new range of adaptive fashion. So now I can, you know, go with my design skills and my talents that I have. I'm like, oh, now I can create this in adaptive because adaptive is not can't just be for people with disabilities yes it's for us but you know it's really for everybody anybody can wear adaptive but adaptive for people like us in the disability community people don't understand it's so much easier and it like saves so much less time with getting dressed we just you know we just want to look fashionable and of course fabulous but we just want to have certain functions on our clothing that you know make us get dressed easier and not make us feel like we just finished running the boston marathon yeah, I think that there's definitely a lot to be said about like the independence that uh, clothing that is, you know, uh, adapted to you specifically um, can, can give a person. Um, so what do you look for in an adaptive piece of clothing, specifically when you're going on dates? Like, you know, like, is it, you know, uh, buttons in certain places or like snap ons or, or kind of what 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 do you look for? 
Um, yeah, I guess it all depends on my overall look. Um, you know, and I'm a huge person. I wear a lot of leggings because that's one reason right there. I, I avoid wearing jeans because there's not many adaptive jeans out there. And jeans are just like a hassle. And that hard material just to put on and feel so uncomfortable, especially for the button. So, you know, now I'm hoping like the next time maybe I do on a date, I will have some adaptive um leggings or jeans. But I think for me, it, I'm more so like the leggings with probably like some cute like canvas shoes, probably sneakers, depending on the day and the weather. Because I do live in Boston, so we never know what the weather is going to be so that is like right there I gotta know like the day of and then yeah it's for instance if I'm wearing a t-shirt I love how there are some like snaps on the shoulder where it can easily snap like you know the closure open and close but then also even something on like the back where I, I feel like I really love I got a t-shirt from Zappos where it was um adaptive where you can just easily put your arms in the front and then boom it just snaps in the back and I was like oh my god this like look at what a difference this make even my personal care attendants, when they help me get dressed, where they help me, you know, get dressed with some adaptive clothing, they're like, Tisha, oh my God, like this really makes a difference. Like, this is so awesome. Now I know what you mean. So it's like, even they see a difference because, you know, they help, you know, people like myself get dressed on a regular basis. And they're like, Tisha, this is awesome. But yeah, something, of course, cute, fashionable, and something just easy for me to put on. And then, so then when I get home, because as soon as I'm done with like a date or just going out, I'm exhausted. So when I come home, I just want to take off my clothes, put on my PJs and go to bed. <laughs> yes. First thing when you come home is I feel like bra comes off. Like yes, <laughs> that's exactly. how you know you're relaxed. Um, <laughs> so I know you've talked a lot about, um, you know, having personal care attendants. So are there certain like tasks that you need help with when you're on a date? Um, as far as like, cause I feel like for me, I'm kind of new. Like I just recently like got a PCA, like more like full-time. I want to say like, it's probably been like less than a year. So I would say like before them though, like I always, I was driving then and I was able to go out like on my own. So, you know, but as far as like a PCA, like, you know, I would tell them, let them know where I'm going. And, you know, I guess I never really been out on one with like an actual PCA. So that's going to be a good, um, cause I, like I said, I always like gone out before, like without them with the PCA kind of just gone out on my own, but now I'm curious to see hopefully when this pandemic is over, when I do, you know, I probably will have them come with me, but probably like, you know, sit at another table or something or, you know, I'll be like, Oh, well go walk around, you know, like go like do this while I'm here, you know? Cause I mean, like, I kind of feel like I have that relationship with my PCAs. Like, you know, they get it. They know yeah, what's up yeah. and, you know, they, I'm like, you know, kind of like I, they know I'm silly and I act crazy sometimes on my crazy shows I watch. So it's like, you know, I think they keep telling them, oh yeah, like we're about to go on a date. Like, you know, so while I'm in here, you go over there. Like it wouldn't be like shocking to them. Like they would probably like laugh. They'll be like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I show them like pictures of guys I like. So I'm just like, oh yes, he's cute. You know? So they, they have an idea of like what my type is and who my crush is, especially who I may post as like my man crush Mondays and things like that. So it's like, they kind of have an idea. So yeah, that's going to actually be interesting after this pandemic, they, they are definitely going to have lots of fun. <laughs> yes. You get a second pair of eyes. To kind yes, of- exactly. <laughs> um, so before you kind of, um, you know, before pre-pandemic, when you were going on dates, was there like, you know, a time uh, when you like needed to ask the, the, the guy that you were on a date with, with help uh, for help with certain things? Um, it was, yeah, there have been a time, like, say if, like, when I was able to drive and we pulled up in front of a restaurant, well, I didn't say, like, for instance, like, there would be a handicapped spark, but then the ramp would be, like, say, which is so stupid, like, say, further down the street. 
but then the restaurant's right in front of my car. So, like, yeah, there have been times where I had asked him, like, oh, hey, like, it may be, like, a little step on the sidewalk, but, see, that's a struggle for someone like myself with mm-hmm. muscular dystrophy. So then I would ask them, like, hey, can I just kind of, like, you know, when you need that help, like, assistance, kind of like my cane, where I wasn't even, say, using the cane then. Well, I'll be like, hey, can you kind of, like, help me up? And they're like, sure, okay, grab onto my hand. You know, and then that may be a moment where they might be like, oh, like, are you okay? Because, see, I didn't mention to them yet about muscular dystrophy. And then that might be a, a way then that kind of incorporates into that conversation, if that makes sense. But then there have been times where pre before I meet up with somebody where we chatted on the phone a few times and I have told them about like, yes, you know, I kind of have a muscle disease, but I think then too, I kind of like downplayed it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas like now I'm like way more open. I'm like, yes, you know, this is what it is. Like, there's no cure. Like, you know, not saying it like in a sad way. But I kind of let them know, like, what's up. And then I find, I think I had chatted with you about this when we did that panel where I find it so sexy when I do tell a guy about, say, muscular dystrophy and they don't know what it is. But then they, like, I, you know, I've, like, done, forgot about it, moved on. And then they would come back, like, in the next conversation, like, oh, I did some research and they said such and such. And I'm like, oh, like, that's so cute. <laughs> you I know, know. like, nothing, like, oh, that makes them, like, God. Because trust me, doesn't mean that they're not going to be idiots and other things. You know what I mean? But, for them to take that initiative I'm like oh that's so cute like you know they they want to know what it's about you know what I mean so I was like that I kind of find that sweet so I'm like oh but um yeah they have been conversations where I had told them prior but then yes like I'll be like oh hey when I'm like oh because say if I pull up if they get to the restaurant or someplace before me I'm like hey do you come can you come out real quick and just help me up you know on the sidewalk it's a little high for me and you know they I would hope that they would because then if they don't I would then pretty much go home because then I feel like if you can't even help me up this little step, what what is our future? You know? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like there can be like a, a cute moment, like, you know, like yeah. you're kind of hugging or like they're holding your hand or whatever. Exactly. You know? yeah. <laughs> so um what does okay, obviously like pre-pandemic, um, besides chicken wings, <laughs> what does um what would like a typical date like look like for you? Like take us through like you're getting ready and then like where are you going and everything? Um, yeah, so pretty much I would get ready. Of course, for me, you know, I'd like to give myself enough time because I don't like to be late and living with a disability, I know that getting dressed for me, you know, could take some time. So I like to make sure I plan on my outfit ahead of time you know shower early get dressed do my makeup if I have the energy to mostly I will probably put on mascara I don't really do the whole foundation thing anymore because that's a little bit more tough and I'm like they I'd rather them see me without all the makeup because I'm like this is what you're gonna get the majority of the time so yeah I'll probably put on some mascara and then go on my way to the date after you know I get dressed and prior to that like if it's especially because most of the time I do pick a restaurant I've already been to because I know the place I know it's accessible I know the food there and then pretty much when I say you know like oh hey let's go here whether it be margaritas or tavern you know they're like okay cool because you know it's kind of like open bar it's not like expensive I'm not like saying oh we're going to Ruth Chris or you know I kind of like more the sports barsy places and I I tell them that too when I meet a guy I'm like you know this is kind of more my scene anyway so yeah and then we go there and kind of just like you know we meet and then we get seated whether I'm there first He's there first. There have been times like I have pulled up first and then he has came and then I, we kind of like sit in my car for a little bit. I don't know why I kind of like to get that vibe, if that makes sense. Kind of like, all right, we're sitting in the car chatting and then I'm like, all right, let's go in and then we get seated. And then like, you know, especially then when I was driving on my own pre-pandemic, 
I would always, because, you know, it's easier for someone like myself, not everybody, but kind of easier for me to get out of like a high bar stool or a high table opposed to a low one due to, you know, the muscle weakness. But I always make sure I was like, yes, we get a high table, you know, because, you know, I didn't hide that because I'm like, what's the point of me sitting in a low seat and then I can't get out of it? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to ask him for help. So I'd rather just be able to get out of it on my own, you know, at least be able to do some things. So then, you know, I make sure that it's like a high bar table, a high table, and then pretty much we sit down, chat, and, you know, and then we start with apples. Of course, I get my chicken wings. Of course. But it's like before I even tell them, too, because sometimes, like I said, I'm like kind of more open. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to get dessert because no matter how full I am, I'm like, I'm getting dessert. I let them know that. So even like after the appetizers, you know, we just chat, have a drink, and and kind of, yeah, go from there. And I think after like that date, it's like you can kind of get the vibe from the person. Like, all right. Am I going to see him again? Is he feeling me? Like, what is it going to look like? Are we going to chat after this? So it's kind of like once that first date, and you know what I mean, it's kind of like, you're like, all right, so where is it going to go? You know, because sometimes you have a you may have a connection with somebody over the phone, but then when you meet in person, have you ever had that where it's kind of like, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, it's kind of like not the same. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm yeah. used to it. I've noticed that it goes both ways. Like it can either be um, like they are like great over text and like they're funny and like that you have that banter and then you meet up and it's like totally the opposite yes. or or like they're like super dry over text and then they're like really like bubbly and like friendly and you have that banter in person. It's so weird. Yes, it's so true. So yeah, it seems like it's kind of like that's the normal you know, everybody experienced that in the dating world, you know, sometimes and then sometimes you can meet that person and the chemistry is just like, bam, like, yes, I want to see him again, you know, so it can definitely vary. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I know you talked about kind of like um, traveling, things like that. So yeah. what do you envision for the future in terms of relationships? Um, relationships, I mean, I feel like, I tell people right now, I am in a relationship, I feel like, with my business, Girls Chronically Rock. That's number one. So whoever, you know, does come into my life, I just want him to be supportive. I want him to be happy for me. I want him to cheer me on when I even come out with the smallest things, like a t-shirt design or a podcast episode. You know, I love that. I think it's so sexy when a guy is supportive, he cheers you on, and just, like, and gets it. You know what I mean? But then I also love... A man too who's also like a hustler and you know what I mean? And kind of kind of has like, not necessarily his own business, but just kind of like have a good mindset, you know, and kind of like, all right, like, yeah, I'm going to do this and we can build an empire together. That's what I'm looking for. So I see that in the future for a relationship. I see him, we're traveling together, whether it be for his work or business and Girls Chronically Rock. I want to see Girls Chronically Rock and fashion shows, New York Fashion Week, LA Fashion Week. I would love to share my journey and bring awareness on different talk shows. I'm obsessed with Wendy Williams. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Yes, my family does not like her, but I like Wendy. I don't know what it is, but I just find her hilarious. She just keeps me entertaining. So she's like, you know, one of those, like, I look forward to watching her on, you know, during the day, because I'm like, she's so hilarious. So I just want to, you know, and then travel, as I mentioned, go to Vegas, because I've been there before. And now this will be my first time going with a wheelchair, but I know that Vegas is accessible. I'm excited to go there. I want to just, you know, go. I would love to go to LA. I've never been to LA. So that has been on my list forever. So I'm just like, oh, so hopefully maybe next year, this just kind of opened my eyes. Like, yes, let me finally just go to LA and just, you know, because I think in my head, I'm going to go to LA and hang out with the Kardashians. Right? Everybody's like, no, that's not. Everyone's like, Keisha, LA is not like what you see on TV. I'm like, yeah, it is. Oh my God. No, it's not. And I'm like, whatever. Yes, I feel like, 
for like us non LA folks. Um, yes. we always think that like, we're going to go to LA and we'll like see all like, or we'll become friends with all the celebrities. And I was talking to like a friend the other day who lives in LA and I was like freaking out because like the queer eye cast was in Austin this past summer. And I was saying how, like, I always think that I would play it cool. But like, then I thought we saw like Anthony, like in like on running on the trail and I freaked out. Well, I was like in the car. And so, and she was like, she was like totally my like friend from LA was totally unfazed. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, like I bumped into whoever the other day walking her dog, like, you know? <laughs> um, that is hilarious. Yeah, I would totally, oh my God, we need to go to LA. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. totally. We have to go to LA to pitch our dating app idea. Yes, exactly. <laughs> go hang out with Chloe, the kids, yeah. Uh, yes, so Keisha's future boyfriend, if you're out there, you are yeah. uh, must be prepared to be holding up a cutout of Keisha's face at the uh, New York fashion show. Um, in support, you have to be full Girls Chronically Rock attire. Got to have the hat. Got to have the shirt, everything. <laughs> yes, yes. Just want that support, you know? We support each other, you know? And yes. we can build this empire together. That That's just like, you know, and yes, I'm not saying that's going to be the perfect relationship, but you know that that that's I, like I'm not asking for a lot. Well, I don't think you know. Bring the energy out there. I know. Maybe I'll post this episode on the dating app. Oh my god, we're manifesting right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that is the plan. <laughs> um. So the last question I ask all of my guests. Um. What advice would you give to other um chronically ill or disabled people who want to date? Um, I would say like, you know, that is kind of like a question where I feel like, you know, it definitely varies on the person because we all deal and handle things differently. So I can't then say, tell somebody, yes, girl, you got this. Let them know what's going on with you. You tell them upfront because I feel like, you know, I wasn't even doing that. I wasn't even telling my own employers that I had muscular dystrophy. So it's like, I get it. We all deal with things differently. There are some people that first get diagnosed and they like, you know, embrace that. They totally like, they start a YouTube channel that same day and and I'm just like, whoa, I kind of totally admire that because I'm like, that totally wasn't me. So I would definitely say, take your time, you know, feel them out, feel the energy, let them like, you know, if you feel like, oh, yeah, he's going to be supportive. And I think it's so important when you feel comfortable enough to kind of tell them what's going on with you and then kind of like seeing their reaction and how they're supportive and, you know, kind of like they're going to be there and have your back. I think that's awesome. And that kind of like would maybe break down the walls for you to open up even more and then just kind of ease into more of the conversation. I just think, you know, going with the flow is, is, you know, the best thing. It's kind of like there's no right or wrong answer. So I think it's all up to you and how you want to approach it, you know, and it's just kind of like you get the vibe and you just want to feel comfortable with the person and make sure you have that person's support. I think that's just so key because being in the disability and chronic illness community, it's like, that's all we need. That's all we ask for. We just want somebody to be there to hold our hand. When we have a bad day, just, you know, be there, have a shoulder to cry on. We're not asking you to take us to LA every five minutes. Just be there. Be supportive. You know, that's so it definitely takes time. And I would say just kind of go with the flow. And when you know, you know when it's the right time to kind of like, you know, be open with the person and let them know what's going on. And then you'll know if he's, he's right or not. 
1000%. I think, um, yeah, like there is no rule book. And I think that like on this podcast, we talk a lot about like, you know, acceptance and kind of, you know, um, laying it out there from the start and stuff. But I think that that's a good point. And I, and I always say this too, because like, I wasn't comfortable being open and honest about it. And so I think that people should do it when it's, when it's right for them. And there's no like one way to do it. And I think you're, you're so right. Like so much of it is just like, it might even be like dependent on the situation and the person, like you have to have that comfort level too. So I think that that's really, um, that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, you know, you, you live and learn as you go on. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, well, this has been so fun. Um, I know. thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing your love of chicken wings with us. Um, you will have to send if you have like a favorite recipe or something. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> but yeah. So thanks so much for coming on and thanks for spooning with us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe for more. Check out our Insta at Spooning with Spoonies pod and share with your Spoonie or non-Spoonie friends. Audio editing assistance for this episode was provided by my amazing friend, Sarah Rosa Davies.